0: Hello friends, welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. At our core, we are energy beings. The possibilities are endless in terms of what we can actually do. I feel like with spirituality, we often fall into little boxes of how we're supposed to do certain things and what areas there are available to explore when, in reality, sky's the limit. So today I will be sharing some of the more random ways I have used my psychic and spiritual abilities over the years to help give you some ideas to play with. Especially when it comes to developing sensitivity and understanding to energy, exploring random avenues can be very beneficial in getting to know how we naturally connect. So here we go. Alright, some of these are more strange things I've done that I do feel a little embarrassed about sharing, <laughs> while others are practiced a little bit more commonly. I'm going to be covering things regarding health, astral projecting, manifesting, channeling, and some other random little tricks to use day by day. We're going to kick off with health in our bodies. I explained this previously, but our bodies are made up of different layers of consciousness. Your cells, tissues, organs, and organ systems are all have their own consciousness that is made up of the collective consciousness of the layer below. Our body is our home, and the energy you feed it, in the form of thoughts, actions, feelings, etc., make an impact on how it functions. If you mindfully communicate with your cells, tissues, and organs, you open up a lot of power in terms of finding balance in all areas of your physical experience because you're actively programming the worlds within your body to operate how you want them to. To get into this, I'm gonna start off with a embarrassing story. When I was growing up, I had a very anxious stomach, so I would get a lot of stomach aches and had some digestive issues. This is long before my mom dove into Reiki, but she came up with this way of settling my stomach energetically, where she would put her hands on my stomach and move them in downward strokes to basically settle it energetically and push the food down to help with the digestion. It always helped immensely, so I would ask her to do this all the time. One day, I was at a friend's house sleeping over, and I woke up in the middle of the night with a stomach ache. I tried to mimic my mom's method to energetically settle it. When I put my hands on my stomach, I saw a bubbling yellow energy in it, I went with it and just kept envisioning that bubbling yellow grow and push down into my intestines. After about 10 minutes of this, I got diarrhea. (laughs) I told my mom about it the next day because I was confused as to why it didn't work. She laughed, saying that the bubbling yellow I was seeing was actually the energy of it being upset, (laughs) so I was making it worse. Instead, I was supposed to have envisioned. A white light to ease and replace the bubbling energy. So I basically gave myself diarrhea. (laughs) Anytime you feel sick or have some pain in a part of your body, you can do this white energy method to help ease it. You don't need any special skills for this, just imagination. So you'll want to start by going into a nice, calm, neutral state of mind. Imagine source energy as a cloud of white light above your head. See a ribbon of light flow down from this into the crown of your head, down your arms, and into your hands. You'll then place your hands wherever the energy is needed and imagine the light flowing into that area of the body, neutralizing and nourishing the energy there, any of that discomfort, just taking it all and transmuting it. Drawing from Reiki, any discomfort or imbalance in our body is due to a block or lack of flow of healthy life force energy to that area. So infusing those areas with fresh energy helps nourish them and thus eases the discomfort. If you feel the need to move your hands or fingers in a certain way while you're doing this, like in downward strokes or circular motions or whatever it is, Just allow it and go with it. Typically, when our bodies naturally respond like that, it's because the energy needs to, it just needs help kind of flowing in a specific way, so your body is basically just actively helping it do that. I'm also a big believer in the power of talking to our bodies when they need assistance. If you have an upset stomach or an ache in your back, talk to it as you send it this calming energy. I like to send it words of love and encouragement, (laughs) but you can also talk to it and ask what it specifically needs from you. It could be for you to change the way you're eating, to get some more fresh air, get some more rest, or even change a habit. One really beautiful practice is taking a moment, like once a week or so, to just thank your body for being there for you. It helps open this line of communication and really gets you more in tune with how your body functions and what it needs from you. So I'll hold my feet first, just thanking them for helping me walk and dance. Then I'll go to my knees, thanking them for helping me like use stairs and move around, walk, run, jump, all that good stuff. I'll thank my legs for all their hard work, again, helping me move and walk and dance. And then I'll keep going, holding each part of my body and just thanking it for a specific thing until I go up to my head. To go deeper with this practice, you can also move that part of your body around while you're holding it and thanking it. If you feel any discomfort, you can ask Why it's there, you can encourage that discomfort to release, or you can try to tune in on what it needs from you to help prevent that discomfort from coming back. Another thing you can do to help your body's functioning is to push things away that do not agree with you. For example, I have a very sensitive nose, and my sinuses swell really fast if I get a whiff of some weird fume or a strong synthetic fragrance. This will then escalate to sneezing, headaches, itchy, watery eyes and nose. It gets really bad and it is not a fun situation. One thing I've learned to do is push the particles of a certain odor in my environment away so that I don't have a reaction or so the reaction doesn't occur as quickly so that I have time to remove myself from the odor. To do this, I imagine a blue clean bubble starting from my heart chakra and expanding around my body, pushing away any particles that do not agree with me. So, ones already in my system and ones in my immediate surrounding are being pushed out and away. This bubble is basically acting as a filter, so any air I inhale is going through this layer first to get purified, and then the energy of everything I do not want is being energetically repelled from my body so that it can't enter. With this type of practice, you have to wholeheartedly trust yourself. If you question whether you're doing it right or don't feel like you're doing a good job, you're weakening your filter and giving those particles permission to infiltrate. Your intuition knows what to do. You just have to trust yourself, stand your ground, and demand they leave your body alone. Just fake it till you make it. (laughs) Again, this practice won't always completely fix or prevent the issue, but it definitely does help give your body more time before it reacts and can minimize the reaction itself. Another example, I had a serious phobia of throwing up when I was a kid. I rarely even got sick, but as I shared, I did have a very sensitive stomach. I wanna say my grandmother got me this bed set for like Christmas or my birthday or something one year. And a little while after we put it on my bed, I got a stomach bug for the first time, and then I got another one a few months later. Naturally, because the bed set was just introduced, I thought it was cursed and was making me sick, (laughs) so we changed it to my old one. A few months later, it was Thanksgiving. My other grandmother stayed the night, and we used those sheets for her bed. I decided to sleep with her, and I woke up in the middle of the night to throw up at that point it kind of sealed the deal (laughs) that those blankets were very problematic. I did not want to get sick like that ever again and the idea popped in that I could use my manifestation technique that I had made up to see the angel to solve that. So I stated aloud over and over, I wish I didn't throw up ever again, I wish I didn't throw up ever again, I repeated this for about five or ten minutes. It felt like I started to doze off, and then I heard a popping sound that kind of woke me up very quickly. I took that as confirmation that I had properly reprogrammed my body, and I actually didn't get sick after that. About five years ago, so like 14 years after I set this rule of not getting sick. I was going through a huge life transition and I knew that program was going to have to leave in order for me to fully move forward. I knew I had to let go of old fears and ways of thinking, so I agreed. About a week or so after agreeing and acknowledging that it had to go, I got food poisoning for the first time in my life (laughs) and that program was broken. I went 14 years, though, without getting sick, which is pretty good. (laughs) I think that's a huge example of how much power we have over our bodies. Sure, we do have to go through some things sometimes, but we can negotiate the terms of that. Again, talk to your body, listen to it, journal about it, or automatic write if needed, but get to know it and tell it what you need. We are now moving to the topic of astral projection. Secret tunnels, hideouts, stuff like that, have always fascinated me. When I was about 8 or 9, I got these fairy wishing coins. They're actually really cool. I'll link them in the episode description so you can check them out if you want. They're metal coins, each in a different size, with different characters and symbols, and each with a different purpose. They basically help manifest certain things. I had a friend that was also very into fairies. We had many experiences together and I wanted to create a secret underground tunnel to connect our houses so that we could hang out whenever we wanted. (laughs) Since we both had a close relationship to fairies, I thought they'd be the perfect ones to go to for help. So I used a coin or two to set this intention about building the tunnel. I followed the instructions and I waited. I was very, like, hyper-aware of my room, so at night I started to notice these cracks in the ceiling. I took that to mean that a portal to the tunnel was opening up there. I wasn't sure how I was supposed to enter it, but I was just letting them do their thing. I was constantly tracking it, waiting for it to open up, but nothing (laughs) ever happened. I could clearly imagine the tunnel and would astral project into it to hang out in there. But I thought it was supposed to be a physical thing, not an energetic one. So, energetically, I would go through it a lot and I would interact with my friend's energy, but she never saw me, obviously, because I was in an energetic form. But I thought by practicing that more, it was going to allow it to come into the physical more. Since nothing happened, I kind of took it as that the project was not moving forward. So, I would just kind of go into other areas of my room and try to create another little hideout in the same manner, basically just setting an energetic, safe space. I don't know what percentage of things in the universe can be perceived in the physical world, but I don't imagine very much, especially when you're connecting to beings in other realms or from other areas of space. Yes, there can absolutely be physical interactions and reactions, but more often than not, a majority of the interaction will occur energetically, or with you being present in your astral body. So connecting more with the energetic aspects of reality through things like astral projecting allow these more pure energetic interactions to feel a lot more tangible. A great place to start is to create a safe space like this that you go to whenever you meditate. It may also help to have a certain corner of a room dedicated to going to this special place or to meditating. Just like we associate a bed with sleeping, having a designated space for meditating will put you in that state of mind quicker so that you can transition to that place a lot faster. To create a sacred energetic space, all you got to do is close your eyes, breathe a few times, clear your mind, and set the intention of the place you want. If you want an office where you brainstorm ideas on energy or your past lives or something, set that. If you want a place to just relax, you can set that. You can either have a specific place in mind, like the opening to a glade or a specific type of building, or it can be more general, like you just literally want a place that feels good. (laughs) Whatever it is, allow that intention to settle into your heart chakra. So feel your heart chakra basically echo it back, and imagine it projecting this place on the walls around you. You want to make this projection as real as possible. So be aware of the temperature, of the noises, of the layout, the items in it. If there are any people in there, talk to them. Go through everything and be familiar with every little detail. Make it as tangible as possible. If you're having a difficult time seeing it, that's totally fine. Just use your other senses to make it more real. So if your intention is for it to be outside, feel the grass beneath your feet or feel the ocean water at your legs. Feel the sun shining on your skin. Feel those feelings of relaxation, of freedom, of whatever it is. Just feel, taste, smell, listen as much as you can. After becoming familiar with this space, you can invite your guides to come into this space to talk to you or leave you messages. You can even invite them to actively, like, interact with things. So anytime you come in, there'll be, like, a package for you from them that gives you some hint to something. You know, you can use this as, like, a middle grounds to make your connection with your guides a lot stronger and a lot more frequent. It is your personal space to do whatever you want. A cool practice to do, too, is creating a sacred space with somebody else. So both of you together would kind of go into a meditative state and then just... You can either vo- like verbally express what this place looks like, or if you're very advanced in your energetic communication, you can just astrally kind of communicate with them and just explore this new world together. The more you become comfortable within an energetic reality, the more confident you become when interacting with energy. It can also help you feel more confident in the physical world because you're reprogramming your subconscious to feel safe and in control of your environment imagination and just taking a moment to connect to places that make you feel good are so important in resetting the body and just rebalancing everything to go into another aspect of this i've got another story i was obsessed with the movie the polar express growing up i would watch it every day in december (laughs) my experience with things like santa claus and the tooth fairy were very tangible growing up Especially coming from my background, I always viewed Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and beings like that as very real energetic beings. By leaving milk and cookies for Santa Claus or putting your tooth under your pillow for the Tooth Fairy, you're setting an energetic intention directed towards a specific energetic signature. Though we may not have a physical thing given back to us from that energetic being, we still get something energetic out of the exchange, whether it be just connecting and feeling the magic of their energy, or connecting to a place of give and receive. Whatever it is, there is an energetic exchange. To make it more tangible, parents will take on the roles of those beings, but I always viewed that as them channeling the energy. So, it basically turns the situation into a team effort that brings that set intention out to the physical instead of it staying in the energetic. Additionally, I am a big believer that everything exists somewhere, so watching the Polar Express, I full wholeheartedly believed that that was a real thing and I wanted to be on it. (laughs) I was probably a bit old for this, I think I was like 12 or 13, but I wanted to make it happen and I was very adamant about it. (laughs) One of the weekends where I was with my dad, I decided to make this happen. I don't remember what exactly we did, but I know I had this like little ceremony thing where I had one candle. I repeated my intention three times into the candle, lighting it on the third one. I basically vocalized that the Polar Express would pick me up that night at 11.55 p.m. (laughs) And then I had another candle that was white off to the side that I lit for my angels as a thank you for helping me bring the Polar Express forth. The flame was really high and really strong, so I took that as confirmation that the energy behind bringing my intention forth was really strong. My dad warned me that the Polar Express may not come the way I was expecting. I was sure that a physical train would just appear outside of my house in the middle of Los Angeles. I really had my heart set on it. (laughs) I went to sleep right at 1020, which is when the kid did in the movie. I had everything set up, ready to go. I was having a really hard time falling asleep because I was excited. But when I finally did, I immediately started to dream about the train. I had a dream that I heard the sound outside my door. I woke up. I ran outside to greet it. But then I realized that I was in a dream state. I woke myself up thinking that it was a sign that the actual train was right outside my literal house. But I screwed it up. The Polar Express was coming through energetically in my dream state. I went back to sleep, disappointed, and the dream didn't come again. So I screwed up (laughs) my opportunity. It was a good lesson learned. It's difficult to really trust that the intentions and feelings we're putting out there are going anywhere because we can't necessarily see the -the behind-the-scenes aspects of our reality. But everything is energy. And it is energy that influences all aspects of our reality, whether we see it or not. Just because something happens in a way that we aren't expecting or just in a way that we can't understand physically, whether it be having a very realistic dream of being on an alien spacecraft or picking up intuitive messages from a ghost, doesn't mean it isn't real and that it didn't happen. We are still energetic beings, so a majority of our reality will be coming from energetic interactions. It's a difficult lesson to learn, but once you're able to fully grasp on that, it makes energy interpretation a lot easier and a lot smoother. Focusing on intentions, there are multiple ways to set an intention and many things you can do to help bring those forth. You can write the intention down, say it aloud as an affirmation, light a candle, burn a note with it written on it bury the note, submerge the note in water, whisper it to the wind, plant a seed in the earth with the intention of the energy growing as the plant grows, and so on. You can set the intention to meet an energy being, astral project to another planet or area, download specific information regarding something, help bring upon an energetic shift, it can be a word, a phrase, a wish, whatever. The three most important things to keep in mind when it comes to intentions are that you want to state them in a positive manner. For example, you'd want to say, I feel free and abundant rather than, I no longer want to feel stuck. You want to focus on the positive. The second thing, the intention just has to solely be about you because otherwise you're trying to affect their free will, which is a big no-no. Lastly, you have to let it go and allow your guides to work out the details. If you obsess about every step of the way, you can actually block the way in which it comes to you. You can literally halt your manifestation. Focus on what you want the outcome to physically feel like to you. Let the details work themselves out and honor the way in which it comes through, even if it just feels like a dream. That dream could actually be the key to much larger physically tangible outcomes, and if you just reject it like I did, you kind of screw it up. So set it let it go, trust the process. Having a special little ceremony to set an intention is great, especially when you're first trying to open up to energy. I feel like it allows you to feel more dedicated and more trusting of the process because it feels like you're almost opening up a gateway or working towards something in a more tangible way. So using candles or submerging a note in water or burning something, having that physical thing helps us in Trusting that our energetic intentions and the energy we're putting forth is going to affect our outward physical reality. We're jumping now to time. I've always been very in tune with the concept of time. For some reason, I've just loved it a lot. (laughs) I could slow it down, speed it up. I'd try to go back or forward in time to recall information or try to prepare for something, Of course, the future isn't set. There are an infinite amount of outcomes, so you can only connect to the most probable one based on the current circumstances, but we will get into that. When it comes to tests or having to recall information, I will either use my intuition to feel what the correct answer is, or I'll go back to the moment in time I was reading about the subject. These both more have to do with school, but... I've also used it in conversations when I'm just trying to share a concept that I had read about previously or one that I had written down. I will energetically send out a feeler to the moment in time when I was reading, writing, or studying the concept. It's almost like pressing a button on an elevator. I set the intention and then allow a piece of my consciousness to go alongside that feeler within the intention to make contact with that specific moment in time. Just like with the safe space, You want to stay very present in your energetic tube as it travels to that point in time. So be aware of what you're feeling, seeing, all that stuff. I get a very specific feeling when I make contact with that. It kind of feels like this tingly rooted gut feeling. I just feel very like secure in my body. At that point, since I'm connecting to like myself in a previous point of time, I will kind of zoom into the document that I'm reading so that I can reread it, or I'll get a hang of what I was thinking about or feeling at that time to get an idea of what the concept I thought was. Source energy holds all the information ever. So I've always tried to connect with that pool of knowledge because I've always felt like if it's there, there's got to be a way to connect with it. My solution to this most of the time is just connecting to different times where I've been gaining information myself in this lifetime. But I've also tried to bring forth energies that correspond with a specific topic so that I can act more like that or download the information. For example, I would use this a lot when I was pursuing acting or even in dance if I have a performance. Uh, Basically, I would. Transchannel a specific energy or being to best connect with the character in a scene. So let's say the character was a young sailor from the 1800s. <laughs> I would breathe, clear my energy field by completely clearing my mind and imagining my body as a transparent sheet of energy. So fully release my identity basically. I will call upon that specific energy signature to fill my space, and then use that to influence my character's decisions and mannerisms in the scene. Once the scene is finished, I thank them for their help, clear my field again to release them, and that's that. Another example of this, there was one time I was out hiking with a friend. There was, randomly, this area with huge bamboo trees, a lot of which had fallen down. And there was a line of these like giant cement blocks. There were probably like five of these blocks in a line behind each other. They're about two feet tall, four feet wide, and had a six inch circle in the middle. So all of them behind each other created like this little tunnel. My friend challenged me to stand about 10 feet away and see who could throw the bamboo through the most holes. Super random, super super stupid. (laughs) To help me with this little competition, I called for an energy being to help that kind of specialized (laughs) in this kind of activity. I did the same thing where I cleared my energy field, brought them in. It was this warrior woman that came through, and I allowed her to basically take over my body. And I threw the giant bamboo stick through all of the blocks to the other side on my first try. It was really cool. I'll also use this when I'm trying to shift my personal mechanics, so if I'm feeling insecure and I'm trying to feel more confident or something, I'll call upon an energy to help my body feel more comfortable within that specific type of energy. You are who you surround yourself with, so naturally you will start to embody the feelings and traits of the energetic beings that come to help you. That's also why we have guides. There are guides that are specifically working with us to help us feel more confident or feel more social. By their energy being around us constantly, we start to embody that. So same idea, but this time you're actively like choosing. (laughs) The important thing with this practice is that you release the energy when you're done and reset your boundaries. I don't do this that much anymore because it can be incredibly draining and it really requires you to do a lot of maintenance on your body to make sure you're getting rest, refuel, and the nourishment you need. So just a word of caution. What I do now is more just channeling information. So if I'm trying to get more information on a specific topic, I will ask an energy being that specializes in that or that knows a lot of that information. And then I'll ask them questions to channel right then or automatic write so I have it documented for later. In terms of slowing and speeding up time, time is an illusion. Sometimes time will seem to fly by very quickly, whereas other times it will drag on. To control this a bit better, I go into a very neutral but mindful state within myself. I see this force of energy in front of me moving the timeline at a specific speed, so it's almost like this golden force of energy that's just pulling everything with it. If I want time to move faster, I imagine that force moving quicker while I and everything around me basically moves in slow motion. So the timeline is moving quicker and our actions are taking more time to fulfill. So at normal speed, time is basically moving a lot faster than we are. If I want time to move slower, I will imagine the force slowing down while I and everything around me moves faster so that more action is taking less time thus allowing more things to be done in a certain time frame. I will use this specifically when I am taking a break <laughs> or doing something I really enjoy that I don't want to stop. It's also very handy if you have a deadline and need some extra time to like get whatever it is done. This practice creates this like dual mentality where I am present and centered in the current moment, but also actively allowing time to move faster or slower than I am. It does take a little bit of practice, but it's one that you can really actually like have tangible evidence for because you will notice how much you're getting done in a shorter amount of time or how much quicker the time is flying by. Going into some handy day-by-day practices, One of the favorite things I have come up with is similar to an invisibility cloak. Due to my PTSD, I used to get very bad anxiety anytime I'd have to walk anywhere because I felt so vulnerable. I used to do a lot of reading about shamanism and would read how some shamans are able to actually go into a state of mind where they're able to physically change things or change their form. This could either look like them creating a miracle, such as reviving a dying organ, or they themselves shape-shifting into an animal. The key to this is going into a state where you realize all things are made up of the same stuff and that it is all equal in all sense of the word. From this idea, I developed a method that allowed me to essentially become invisible whenever I felt vulnerable or uncomfortable in my environment. I basically take a moment to kind of clear my head, you know, get in that meditative state, see that my body is exactly the same as everything in my environment, so fully release my identity and just become that neutral sheet of energy. From here, I'll imagine the energy of my environment physically come through my body. I allow myself to fully embody that and become that and feel what that feels like. I see myself as an extension of my environment, whether it be an extension of a tree I'm in front of, a gate, a garden, whatever. If I'm actively walking, I'll allow myself to consistently shift to the new scenes and things and whatever that are around me. By doing this, you basically allow yourself energetically to become a chameleon so that you basically are just blending in with everything around you. You are no longer your own identity, but you're an extension of the identity of your environment. This later transitioned into another practice. If I saw someone down the street that just gave me some uncomfortable vibes, I would create a shield around me, pushing the energy of my environment out through to that. So instead of me personally becoming an extension of my environment, I'm making this shield the extension. I am thus hidden in a pocket of energy between that extension and the actual environment behind me. When someone is aware of you or looks towards you, there is an energetic interaction that occurs. So to prevent that connection from even happening, I would also imagine this shield essentially pushing that connection away so that no energetic interaction is established. It is both reflecting my environment and kind of having this buttery surface that just slides everything off of it. Both of those methods have actually proven to be very effective for me. The big trick for these, again, is to know that you are your environment. Believing it isn't enough. You need to fully know and wholeheartedly trust that you are made up of the same cells and energy and whatever as everything around you. By knowing this, you will be able to shapeshift in the physical world, but you have to honestly know it. That is also the key to my manifestation trick. By repeating a phrase so much, I fully align with it and believe it, which allows me to then really bring it forth into the physical. I house it a lot, and one time, a few days before the homeowners were going to be returning, the mailbox key miraculously disappeared. It was the only one they had, so I was panicking a bit. (laughs) I was trying my best to intuitively sense where it was, but I am terrible at doing that. Usually when I tap into something, I feel what it's feeling. I'll get an idea of its well-being rather than where it actually is, (laughs) so it didn't help. I was asking fairies and angels around me to help me or give me a sign as to where it was, but I wasn't getting anything. I searched everywhere. Finally, it was the day of their return, and I decided to use my trusty manifestation trick because I did not know what else to do. I repeated, I wish I found the key today, over and over, went into that trance state, came out of it, and then about an hour later, it was magically on a side table, (laughs) and the day was saved. By really, truly trusting yourself, you can literally create miracles. I've got two more tricks for you, both of which I use constantly. Years ago, I was driving in an unfamiliar area, like half an hour away from home. My phone died. I didn't have a charger with me, so I was completely lost. This was a great lesson and something I never repeated. (laughs) But to save myself, I set the intention to locate the energy of my home, and I followed that path. So I felt this heat that was leading my heart chakra, almost like a rope that was pulling my body. If I needed to make a right or left hand turn on a specific street or something, I would basically feel that heat pull to the side and I made it home very easily actually. I'll still practice this to strengthen that connection just in case I ever get lost. If I'm staying within like my neighborhood, then I'll just set an intention to take the fastest route home or if I want to find like a cool hidden park I haven't found yet, you know, I'll set that intention and then just allow my heart to basically lead me there. I've actually come across some really cool places by doing that, so I highly recommend. Last but not least, I use my intuitive abilities when buying products. If there are a bunch of items in a store, I'll try to sense which one is in the best condition or has the most product in it. I used to set the intention that I wanted the one that was most special, but literally every time I did that, I'd end up with one that was broken or leaking. <laughs> so I learned, I learned to be very specific. After setting that intention, I'll try to sense which one feels better in my hands, which one looks brighter or more vibrant, or which one just naturally kind of draws my attention. I'll also do this if I'm trying to decide between different brands of something or even when I'm debating between what clothes I want to buy. For those, I'll use the same exercise of picking the one I'm most drawn to or feels the best, or I'll try to get a read on the different timelines in which I chose that product. So I'll imagine myself using the product on a day-to-day basis, observe how it feels, and then do the same for the other product. I will then go with whichever timeline feels best. I actively tune into my products almost every time I make a purchase. That's probably my favorite way just to keep like actively staying in tune with energy and stuff because it's just the easiest. <laughs> there are so many different random ways to use psychic and intuitive abilities. I hope this gives you some insight as to some new methods to explore and I highly encourage you to make up your own. Sometimes we'll get random practices or methods come to us that actually originate from deep in our soul. So these are things you could have been doing in your lifetime before coming to earth or even just memories of things you had mastered in other lifetimes. If you allow those to come through and trust yourself, you actually allow yourself to tune into deeper aspects of who you are and allow your abilities to really unfold wonderfully. All possibilities are available to you. You just have to trust yourself and allow yourself the room to explore and mess up once in a while. And that's our episode for today. Have fun, be safe, thank you as always for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about what I do, visit channelwithamber.com. For future updates on the show, to give some feedback on future episodes, or to just connect, follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. Shout out to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.